0: The adrenaline that's shooting off in the electricity, he captures it right there on paper.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Al Hirschfeld! Well, I've drawn ever since I could hold a pencil. Actually, all kids draw. I just never stopped.
0: Welcome to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm David Leopold, the creative director of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation.
1: And I'm Catherine Eastman, the archives manager.
0: And today we are talking... About Ilya Kazan.
1: Yes, this uh, was my suggestion, and you kind of were dismissive about it at first.
0: I was because, uh, you know, a director. There are a number of portraits of Kazan, but uh, I felt that perhaps there wasn't enough. But of course, as you do research with Hirschfeld, you discovered that not only is there enough, there are too many.
1: There are forty-seven drawings that are related. At to least Kazan. forty-seven
0: drawings. Right. We could probably right. find a few others. Uh, Um, That would qualify. Yes. Um, Ilya Kazan was described by the New York Times as one of the most honored and influential directors on Broadway and Hollywood history. Um, He is noted for drawing out the best dramatic performances from his actors. He directed 21 actors to Oscar nominations, resulting in nine wins. Mm -hmm. Um, During his career, he won two Oscars as as Best Director and received an honorary Oscar. He won three Tony Awards and four Golden Globes. Okay. He was an extremely important figure, not just in Hollywood, where we can really see his work today, but on the Broadway stage. Um, he got started with the group theater um, in 1932 when he joined. Uh, the group theater was uh, a very important uh, acting company, uh, left-wing acting acting company who were rewriting what it was to uh, be in an American drama on stage.
1: Mm-hmm. And who was in the, like, I know Lee Strasberg was part of the group. Oh, uh, Lee Strasberg. Yeah.
0: Uh, according to Kazan, Lee Strasberg was sort of the glue that held the whole thing together. Mm. It was nominally uh, uh, organized by Harold Klerman, uh, who would be a great director. Um, uh, Stella Adler, a great right. actress and eventually acting teacher. Lee Strausberg who was an actor and eventually a great acting teacher. Um, they they use Stanislavski's uh, mm. um, approach to uh, acting. Uh, this more uh, drawn, actors drawing from their own life. Um, it is hard to understand today how important the group theater was, how important Lee Strausberg and what was later known as the method form of acting. Because today that is all second nature.
1: Right. Drawing That's on your own. the only thing you do. Right. Yeah.
0: You draw on your own experiences. If you're in a, a film and somebody dies you remember when someone in your life died right uh, not every actor does it but a majority of them do but in 1932 when the group theater was forming the american theater was not a place that you that many people would like to see today mm. it was there were wonderful shows and wonderful songs and musicals the dramas of this of the period before this are not revived too often today there's Eug- Eugene O'Neill of course sure some George Kaufman comedies. Um, But for the most part, the plays aren't revived because they're not very good. Mm.
1: Uh, And why was that? Well,
0: (laughs) it it was because it was was really, it was, they were still very much uh, involved with sort of 19th century storytelling. Mm. You know, they were were using a lot of cliches. Mm. Uh, There was all these sort of, Polite manners and right. uh, uh, limitations that uh, actors of and directors what you could do. of what you could do,
1: mm, interesting.
0: And the group theater really helped to push that beyond, mm. uh, because not only in their style of acting, but they reached out to new playwrights. So, in fact, the first show that uh, Kazan is in is *Men in White*, right? The hospital drama. That seems like it's been around forever. It's been around since uh, 1933. Wow. 19, uh yeah, 1933, when uh Sidney Kingsley had written the hospital drama. Mm. Hirschfeld would later say that uh, Sidney Kingsley, uh, the playwright Sidney Kingsley, w- was responsible for the hospital drama and the detective drama. You know, he that's a to, big
1: part of TV today, uh, also. It, <laughs>
0: it's been a big part of TV for six years. Between General years. Hospital
1: and Law and Order.
0: Uh, well, certainly those ER, yeah, uh, right. Chicago <laughs> Hope, uh, um, House. All the yeah. hospital dramas today, and a, a lot, lot of the cops and robberies. Yeah, yeah.
1: Jeez, uh, there's so many.
0: <laughs> there's a lot, and and those really spread. You don't. There's nothing like that before, before Men in White. Wow. Uh, and Men in White dealt with abortion. I mean, mm. it was these were not issues that were discussed, let alone in society uh, or, or on stage. Or on stage, yeah. So the group theater terribly, terribly important, um, and Kazan. Uh, work with them. He he was invited to come along. They would go to a summer retreat and and really work together. It was a it was almost communal living. Uh, after uh, they spent a summer, the, his first summer with the group theater, uh, Lee Strasberg and and Howard Clerman pulled Kazan aside and says, "You may have a talent for something, but it's certainly not acting." <laughs> wow. a- and uh, that didn't dis- that did not deter. Uh, Kazan, yeah. um, and it didn't deter the group theater. He was a member of the group theater. They would put him in productions. So he had a small role in *Men in White*. Uh, Hirschfeld did a drawing uh, of the original production in October 1933. It featured three performers in the uh, play. Not one of them. Was Kazan is not one. Uh, the his the uh, Kazan was in a play the following year called *Gold Eagle Guy*. Hirschfeld's drawing shows six different performers on stage. Mm. Kazan is not one of them. (laughs) Uh, It's really not until 1935 when Kazan appears in Clifford Odette's Waiting for Lefty.
1: Right. That he's finally drawn.
0: That he's finally drawn. (laughs) Yeah. And and he's drawn because he's so significant. Right. It's It's, kind of his
1: breakout role as an actor.
0: Yes. Uh, Certainly his most significant role as an actor, period.
1: Oh, really? Ever?
0: Uh, Yeah. Mm. Uh, Waiting for Lefty is about, it's a union meeting and it's taxi drivers and they're deciding whether they're going to strike or not because of the way they've been treated. And it's Kazan, who at the end of the play is saying, strike, strike, strike. And Hirschfeld captured that in his drawing. It was Mm. a double bill uh, at that time, Waiting for Lefty until the day that I die. And Hirschfeld captured both of those in a, in a, a double drawing that he did, I think, for... Uh, the Herald Tribune, mm. um, and later published in Harper's Magazine. Uh, so this was a, a great breakout role. Uh, Clifford Odets is, is coming into his own, too. I mean, Odets would go on to write very uh, several important plays, mm. would be a leading figure in the group theater. And between the two of them, they start to help to establish the group theater as an important uh, acting company, uh, really producing company uh, on Broadway and right. in the American theater. Uh, but it doesn't stop for Gazan. I mean, he's in another show, The Case of Clyde Griffiths, and Hirschwald shows a drawing of uh, a scene change uh, uh, at the oh, show. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good one.
0: And, uh, it's very different. It's very different.
1: It's from backstage.
0: It is more like a Don Freeman drawing. Yeah. Uh, Freeman who—, who, who
1: frequently like to do drawings from different strange points— Strange vantage points. Is that yes. correct? He like he was backstage struck.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. Hirschfeld called him backstage <laughs> struck, and he would often, while uh, Hirschfeld would sit in the third row on the aisle to capture all right. the action, Freeman would often be backstage as the actors were getting ready to go on in the wings. Uh, there's a wonderful drawing I remember from uh, Face the Music, a 1932 musical, where he's in this spotlight operator's uh, chair. Mm. Uh, he was always he was he was interested in that vantage point, and right. actually between Hirschfeld and Don Freeman, you can get a real sense of the whole uh, production.
1: Right, right.
0: And they were great friends, and so who knows if Freeman had an influence or whether this drawing was uh, it may have never been anything spoken, but it's just something that right, right. Uh, Al did, and and Don would open up the paper and say, well, that's kind of like my drawing. <laughs>
1: All right, so we got that one.
0: Uh, he was in Golden Boy, another very important uh, Clifford right. play, and he was
1: not in that drawing. Though. Not in that drawing.
0: Right. Uh, collection of three portraits. Hirschfeld is still, uh, even as late as 1937, not always doing fully integrated drawings. Right. Uh, these are really just three portrait heads of mm-hmm. Francis Farmer and Luther Adler and uh, uh, Roman uh, Bonin. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but uh he star- uh, Kazan starts to direct uh in 1935 uh, a play that nobody remembers called The Young Go First for the Group Theater and then in 1938 he directs Casey Jones uh and Herschel did draw that production which featured uh, Van Heflin Charles uh Bickford and Peggy Conklin in Casey Jones it's uh the show itself was not a big important show or a big hit, Um, but it's a nice drawing.
1: I do have to ask, is this any relation to Grateful Dead, Casey Jones?
0: Uh, No, it is not. Well, only in the sense that they're still talking about the same railroad uh, engineer.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Uh, then yes, uh, it is. I don't know.
0: I've never read the play. I don't know if there's any mention of cocaine or Ladies in Red or Trouble Ahead or Trouble Behind. We don't know.
1: (laughs) Just had to ask.
0: For all you deadheads out there.
1: <laughs> okay. Next. In 1939, he directed his third, Thunder Rock.
0: Yes. So this is a play. Yep. Again, uh, uh, for anybody who knows Frances Farmer, this is a very important play in her career. Mm. Uh, a Clifford Odette's play. And Kazan is really starting to feel he's beginning to understand what he, what he's doing with directing. Mm. And he's getting better. And the group theater recognizes that he's a much, much better director than he is Down an actor.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah.
0: But he's still <laughs> acting. I mean, mm. don't don't get it wrong. Uh, Hirschfeld draws him in 1940 in a play called Night Music, which uh, featured Jane Wyatt and Morris Karnofsky. Mm. Um, and then in also in 1940, he does he's in a production of Lilium with uh, Ingrid Bergman. Mm. Um, and uh, the play's not done. It's a Molnar play. Not done that much today, although uh, this coming season, there's going to be a revival of the musical adaptation of it, which is called Carousel,
1: oh, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. look at that.
0: It was a very important play for, uh, to Molnar. Many huh. different composers uh, had, uh, uh, European composers, had asked him to adapt it, but he thought the play was sort of too pure for that. Mm-hmm. And when he got the request from Rodgers and Hammerstein, he thought the musical in America Who would even know that it got done? And so he gave the rights. And of course, it's the only reason why we know the play today. Right, right.
1: Isn't that funny? Um,
0: The last time that Kazan acts is in 1941, in in the spring of 1941. He's in a play called Five Alarm Waltz. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't know it, there's a reason for that. It's not a very important play or a very significant play. And it certainly was not a hit play. But Kazan would never appear on stage as an actor again after that. Mm. Um, And he devotes himself completely to directing. Uh, In 1942, uh, he directs Café Crown. uh, Hirschfeld does two drawings, one for, I think, the Times and one for the uh, Christian Science Monitor. Really? Because in 1942, there's this brief period. Uh, I think it only ends when he signs an exclusive arrangement with the New York Times. Uh-huh. Uh, but he starts doing these wonderful drawings for the Christian, Christian Science, Science Monitor.
1: Mind. That's crazy. Which <laughs> had
0: great drama coverage. I mean, it was interesting. It had great arts coverage. Hmm. Uh, it was not. Uh, it's it sounds crazy, but it's it, it yeah. really Was a and, and it's, continues to be. Interesting.
1: Well, I like Cafe Crown because. Sam Jaffe's in it. <laughs> why do
0: you like Sam Jaffe?
1: I have no idea why I like Sam Jaffe, but I saw these drawings, and every time I would look at them, I just assumed that the Sam Jaffe uh, dr- character was Ilya Kazan. <laughs> so then I got confused as to what Ilya Kazan actually looked like and who Sam Jaffe was. So it's like an ongoing joke in the office. Yes. You know, is it Ilya Kazan or is it actually Sam Jaffe?
0: They have a similar look. You know. uh, they,
1: they Do they? Or are you just being nice to me? <laughs> Being nice. <laughs> He's being nice. Yeah, they don't look alike. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh,
0: Café Crown, which has been revived, is is uh, uh, an okay show. But four months later, he directs a much, much more important yes. show, The Skin of Our Teeth by Thornton Wilder. Uh, uh, when the Pulitzer that year uh, is being uh, is still being produced, yep. um, has been revived, uh, uh, not many times on Broadway, but in theaters across the country mm-hmm. and around the world. Yep. Uh, And all I can say about that production, Hirschfeld did draw it for the Times, great front page, you know, Arts and Leisure, well, it was still the drama section there, uh, that uh, sort of L-shaped drawing. Yeah. And uh, he also did a drawing for uh, the Christian Science Monitor.
1: <laughs> of course. Uh,
0: because why not? Just <laughs> of a Florence Elridge and, and Frederick March. <laughs> and he would draw it again in 1973 for uh, the Lively Years. Right. Right. Uh, this book that he did with Brooks Atkinson, looking back on the last 50 years uh, of the American theater, um, in which Hirschfeld used a combination of his older drawings and about 50 new drawings. Mm. Either he had not drawn the production originally, or he looked at his drawing and decided he could do better. Yeah. Uh, because Hirschfeld loved to draw, and he liked to, he liked to do it better. In the Hirschfeld Century book, uh, we feature his drawings of the watch. Uh, watch, watch on the, on the Rhine. Rhine.
1: and I think waiting for lefties in the Hirschfeld century, isn't it? It
0: is in the. Yeah. In, in and the which Hirschfeld
1: he re, century. All, which he redrew for the Lively Years as well. Sure, it was Kazan's first. Uh, but the reason uh, I bring up the Hirschfeld
0: Century book is because, uh, well, when, when I talk about the Lively Years book. Uh, I showed the original drawing yes. he did of Watch on the Rhine.
1: For the Times.
0: Yes, for the Times. Very busy drawing. Very busy. And the drawing he did for Lively Years, which is very simple yes. and clean, sort of classic Hirschfeld.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: so there, uh, so uh, Kazan is establishing himself as a great director. His next show... Is actually a musical. Uh, He said that he was not really, he he really didn't know how to direct musicals. He felt he was more of a stage manager. The show was called One Touch of Venus and uh, it was written by S.J. Perlman, who wrote the book, and Mm -hmm. uh, Kurt Weil wrote the music, Ogden Nash, the lyrics. It was, it was Perlman's great success on Broadway oh, and it, it has a, a place in the Hirschfeld story because when Al and Dolly get married they go to honeymoon in Nantucket they're sitting on the beach uh, Al said he, they were sitting on the beach for about 15 minutes
1: oh my god and
0: he they were realized bored. It, bored I mean sitting out there they, they, he couldn't imagine doing something so dull <laughs> and so he turns to Dolly and says, How about we go into Boston and see? uh, um, I don't know if it was a rehearsal or a preview of uh, Sid's uh, uh, One One Touch Touch of Venus. Venus. And they go. That's funny. Uh, and, and there's a Dali. great drawing. There's a great drawing. There's actually photographs of Al drawing in the theater.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: You know, so uh, if you want to know what Al Hirschfeld looks like on his honeymoon, uh, get the book Hirschfeld Online. There's a picture of him mm-hmm. drawing in the in mm-hmm. the theater, and that's from One Touch of Venus. Oh,
1: that's funny.
0: Uh, uh, but then uh, Kazan goes on uh, Jabowski and the and the Colonel Sundown Beach. Uh, these are uh, not plays that are hugely significant. Um, but they are ones that Kazan directed mm-hmm. and that Hirschfeld drew.
1: <laughs> that's the criteria for, for being it, on the podcast. <laughs> yes.
0: If, you're, if, if Hirschfeld didn't draw said, it, yeah. it didn't exist. No. In our, no, that's not true. But we don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in 1947, Kazan directs two classics, Arthur Miller's All My Sons mm-hmm. and Tennessee Williams' Streetcar Named Desire. And the reason we're talking about it is not because Hirschfeld drew either one of these original productions when they first uh, were produced and he did the reason he didn't draw those is not because he didn't want to or he didn't get the assignment he was not in the country
1: he was he, going around the world with Yes, S.J. with SJ yes uh
0: it, the nine months he took off to do westward ha uh, the longest period is the longest period of time mm. that he was away from broadway in his 99 and a half years wow yeah it's uh and he missed brigadoon uh, I remember we, uh, the Rogers and Hammerstein organization contacted us. They were doing a new recording of Allegro, and they said, we can't seem to find the Hirschfeld drawing. Can you send over oh, the Hirschfeld no. drawing? And I said, well, bad news.
1: Oh, <laughs> he didn't draw it. <laughs> he didn't draw
0: it because he wasn't in town.
1: Oh, that's
0: sad. <laughs> um, the good news is that he would draw both All My Sons and Streetcar Named Desire, the original productions, for the lively years. Yes. And he would also do, in 1971, a series of drawings. Uh, A a collector had approached him about doing drawings of uh, just Pulitzer Prize winning plays. Mm. And he would do two drawings for each play. One was a cast drawing that you might see in the paper. Um, The other would be a drawing of the playwright with the the opening night program title
1: page. Right, right.
0: And uh, he did five of these. They're now in the collection of the New York Public Library of the Performing mm-hmm. Arts at Lincoln Center in New York, uh, uh, and I asked him why why only five sets of these, and and Al told me that it was because the fellow ran out of room in his apartment. the what <laughs> he ran off walls. Wall space. That's funny. <laughs> But it did allow him to go back. He, did, he But he did, did do,
1: Tennessee Williams for this. He
0: did Tennessee he did, Williams yeah. and Streetcar. Yeah. Uh, he did Sidney Kingsley and Men in White, which mm. were also on the Pulitzer. Yeah. Uh, and in his uh, in his Men in White drawing, it's a very crowded drawing mm. that does feature Kazan because by, by the early first. 70s, Kazan is an important enough right. figure. Even though his role is not important, he's important. So uh, well, that's funny. Uh, he, he gets to cover all bases. <laughs> But Kazan is so successful and so popular uh, at this point. Um, there's a little uh, jingle that people say. Uh, they say, Kazan, Kazan, the miracle man, call him in as soon as you can. <laughs>
1: Uh, now him, that anyway. was not
0: a you know on the radio or anything, but people said it because you know he he had the fairy dust. Right now, also in 1947, uh, Kazan co-founds the Actor Studio with Lee Strausberg. Mm-hmm. He says to get actors out of the goddamn Walgreens drugstore and give them a place to develop their craft.
1: What's that mean? Actors like working.
0: Well, either working, but also hanging out there, sort of waiting for something to happen, waiting to be discovered in a, the Walgreens. Really? That was a very typical oh, way of doing really? it. Really? I
1: didn't know that. But- he wanted
0: them <laughs> to be able... I mean, they they saw acting as an art, as a craft that you that you needed to work on. Right. Uh, that, that you weren't different than a, a, a shoemaker. Mm-hmm. You had to work at it, and mm. you had to keep doing it to stay good. Right. And they wanted to create a place that that could happen. Again... Does not seem like a revolutionary concept now, but we are now talking seventy years ago. Right, it was a revolutionary concept. Uh, they emphasized method, the method approach to acting. Um, they uh, they they wanted to, keep, you know, this is a very interesting period. I've talked about it before in Hirschfeld's career. The Actor Studio should have been the end of Al Hirschfeld's uh, regular career, of drawing the theater. He had started off drawing these flamboyant figures like the Marx brothers, Mm -hmm. like Mae West, like Edwin, who Hirschfeld said essentially drew themselves. All he had to do was transcribe them.
1: Caricatures.
0: Exactly. Um, And then here comes along method acting, and the playwrights to go with them, Tennessee Uh, Tennessee Williams, Williams, Arthur Miller, uh, doing plays about normal people, very normal people. And. What is a character supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, normal people are the dullest people to draw. But Hirschfeld wasn't it, the, the exaggerated eyelashes of a, of a Mae West or the, mm-hmm. the grease paint mustache of a Groucho Marx. Sure, that's fun to draw,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that's all facade. Hirschfeld was really about character, and I think that is why his drawings have survived right. as much and, and why they're so telling and important uh, historical documents mm-hmm. of these uh, performances and why they were so good at, at, at promoting the performances. And so even though the characters in the show are very normal people, they're characters. And for Hirschfeld, that's what he's about. Uh, right. Remember, he preferred to be called a characterist than a caricaturist. Right. Uh, so um, even though he, uh, and he talks about it in the world of Hirschfeld, about actors, you know, who want to be as, you know, uh, like a pea in a pod, you know, they, <laughs> they, they exude almost nothing. Uh, there was something for him to draw because uh, I often say the because meekest there's character.
1: there's a character. Yeah.
0: yeah. The meekest character in American drama might be Laura Wingfield in Glass Menagerie, but for Hirschfeld, there's something to draw about. Right.
1: It's just something different.
0: So, um, in 1949, Kazan directs uh, the original production of *Death of a Salesman*. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, why Hirschell did not draw on this production, we do not know. He
1: has no good excuse.
0: No good excuse. (laughs) He he was uh, calling him out. I, (laughs) I'm sure he went to the opening night. You know, he went to more opening nights (laughs) than anybody in the 20th century. Uh, (laughs) Now, three days after the opening, uh, the Times did run a drawing. Of the mothers, on, you know, Hirschfeld's drawing of the mothers on on mm-hmm. Broadway, which did feature Mildred Dunnock uh, from Death of a Salesman. Right. Uh, he would later do uh, when they had replacements for Death of a Salesman. He did a drawing of all the replacements coming right. into Broadway right. shows, and
1: we've talked about these drawings before, where they are a collection of different shows. Um, that are on Broadway currently that he would do. Yeah, we talked drawings. about. Yeah, we've talked about fathers on Broadway villains. Sure. And so this was the mother. The
0: great drawing that uh, Cal Channing. Channing, was in. right? And what is it?
1: Uh, the uh,
0: supporting at, players yeah. whose numbers stop the show. Musical
1: numbers stop their shows. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hirschfeld next draws a Kazan production in 1950 when he finally gets a chance to do a contemporaneous drawing of Streetcar. It's at City Center, uh, with Uta Hagen and Anthony Quinn. Mm. great drawing um and then well then something very uh important happens in in kazan's career that would become a defining moment uh and one that makes him a controversial figure yep at this time there was a uh joseph senator joseph mccarthy uh was a demagogue uh he believed that communists were infiltrating the government and he started the House Un-American uh
1: House Un-American Activities Committee HUAC HUAC Yep
0: and uh it was uh it was literally a witch hunt Yep um they were looking for people uh they were they just dest- he destroyed lives and uh the, they eventually decide to get into the entertainment community. Yep. And they, he wants that they wants to find people. And all of a sudden, actors, directors, uh, producers are being called in front of this committee asking if they are communists communist or if they've ever been a communist. And Kazan is called.
1: Right. Which uh, is silly because they actually, you can't actually press charges. I don't think.
0: No, they the, 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 the insidious thing about yeah. the uh, about the uh, about these HUAC yeah. uh, committee hearings was nothing ever happened legally to no, the people. No, they
1: just wanted to tell everybody who the communists were.
0: Right. You know? Or they wanted to allege that they were communists.
1: Right, right. And
0: if you did not cooperate with the committee, you were put onto a blacklist. Studios right. wouldn't hire you. Right. Broadway producers wouldn't hire you. Television uh, uh companies wouldn't hire you it was it was very difficult
1: yeah um
0: it happened all in, in many different professions but in the entertainment industry it really kept people from doing mm-hmm. their work and it drove people some people not only out of the business but right. it, it drove them to their death right uh, Well, I know, well
1: cha- this year too Chaplin is his visa or his passport's revoked right and he he stays in europe for the rest of his life
0: right um. right so uh uh, so Kazan is called in front of the committee uh, in January. Uh, he, um, this is in 1950, I think.
1: I think it's 52. 52. I think it's 52. 52.
0: I think you're right. And uh, he refuses to testify, but uh, the a producer in Hollywood <coughs> um, lets him know that, uh, well, uh, really one of the studio bosses in Hollywood, lets him know that unless he testifies, they're not going to be able to work with him. Mm-hmm. And Kazan is really, I mean, he's an artist. He works in the theater. He works in films. He's really starting to feel his own in films. He, he had directed his first major film uh, in uh, 1945, A Tree Grows mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Right. Not really one of his great works, but he's starting to understand what he can do in film. Right. And and he's already conquered the stage.
1: Right. Clearly, uh,
0: He wants to direct. He wants to continue doing his art. And he recognizes that if he doesn't participate in these hearings, he's not going to be able to do his work. Um, he does a lot of soul searching. He do, He uh, claims he meets with Clifford Odets, mm-hmm. uh, who was an old friend of his. And uh, they decide that they would name uh, uh, the same names right. and each other. And uh, he goes back to the committee, I think, in March of uh, 52. And he does name eight names. Mm. And uh, that would have been enough, I suppose. But then he takes out a full-page ad in the New York Times justifying why he named names. And it is a debate that we're not going to have here. There, mm. uh, Kazan makes very good reasons uh, sure. wh- why he that. why he did what he did. And he would later uh, stick to those reasons mm. in a great autobiography, mm. a Kazana life Uh but it it ruined lives, and sure. it and he participated in something he didn't stand up to oppression,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and there are people who never forgave him for that. Sure. Uh, in nineteen ninety nine, when he gets an honorary Oscar, uh, half the audience doesn't uh, clap.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, people wondering why they're giving this traitor, this rat. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, this award
1: yeah and it is interesting like w- we would like to sit here and say oh i would i would definitely do that or or some people i would never do that but you really don't know until you're in that situation
0: one hopes you never be or right or what, be uh, clearly
1: yeah um but it could go i mean it is a whole debate that we obviously are not going to solve today
0: <laughs> above our pay grade <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but uh, it is one of those things where you can see both sides
0: you can see both sides, yeah. and uh, what's interesting about Hirschfeld is he had a lot of friends who were named, mm-hmm. a lot of close friends. Gordon Kahn, who was one of his oldest friends and uh, co-author of Manhattan Oasis, uh, o- Oasis's, uh, his first book on speakeasies, mm-hmm. uh, was literally the first Hollywood writer to be named. Right, he's not part of the Hollywood Ten. But he is the one named before the Hollywood day. (laughs) Uh, Eddie Charteroff, another wonderful Mm -hmm. playwright and a very close friend with Hirschfeld, uh, uh, goes, uh, he was a frequent dinner guest at the Hirschfeld home. And uh, Al told me that one night uh, Charteroff comes over for dinner, Uh, the same night uh, Jerry Robbins names him in the hearings. Mm. And uh, what Charteroff says to uh, Al was, Al, I've been touched by a fairy. (laughs) And, you know, uh, Hirschfeld saw what it did to people's lives and and careers. So he was not unsympathetic. Mm -hmm. But Hirschfeld remained friends with everybody. I I think it was just his nature. He remained friends with the... With Kazan, Mm -hmm. who he called Gadge, you know that was uh, Kazan's nickname, gadget, because when uh, even going all the way back to his college years, he had this ability to fix things, and uh, he was handy to have around, and so they called him gadget and it got shortened to Gadge, and Kazan called Hirsch Hirsch, Gadge and Hirsch, and so after uh, the nineteen ninety nine honorary Oscar, when Kazan comes back to New York. The place that they go to celebrate is the Hirschfeld home. Aww. So,
1: and Ilya Kazan gave Hirschfeld a cat.
0: Oh yes, oh Bla- yes, Blackie, Blackie, uh, and yeah. Tiger, and Tiger. Uh, these were cats that the it, Kazan cats. The Kazan cats is exactly <laughs> how uh, Louise Hirschfeld uh-huh. would refer to them. <laughs> and uh, one could argue that they could have better names, because Blackie was a black cat and yeah. Tiger was a tiger striped <laughs> cat.
1: Uh, well, another podcast. That
0: was another podcast of so cat news. <laughs> but uh, these cats hung around the Hirschfelds, not only home, but particularly Blackie liked to come up to the studio and sit on his drawing table while Aww. he drew. Uh, There's a
1: great picture of Blackie with Hirschfeld on the drawing table. Oh, Is yes. Not? Yeah.
0: Wonderful, wonderful photograph. Yeah. Uh, I came to know Blackie because when the house was sold, Louise needed a home for the cat. And I. Uh, uh, she said, "You live in the country. You should, uh, you should take him." And of course, what can you say? Uh, I we took the cat, and uh, it didn't. It, it wanted to be in show business.
1: Yeah, it didn't work out. Uh,
0: it was uh, my other three cats did not like uh, Blackie either, yeah, yeah. and eventually we had to give uh, Blackie to a CBS um, a technical director uh, because Blackie obviously needed to be In show, in business.
1: show business, and he was much happier then.
0: Uh, The film that Kazan makes after naming names is On the Waterfront, Mm. Uh, arguably uh, one of the great pictures uh, in Brando's career. Marlon Brando, who had really gotten his start in a Kazan production, you know, came to fame in Streetcar. Right. And then later the film of Streetcar.
1: Wait, he was in the original production of Streetcar?
0: Marlon Brando? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, look he at me. He was Stanley Kowalski. Okay. Jeez, I don't
1: know what i talking uh, about. But we, Kazan introduced... Yeah, so Kazan kind of introduced Brando to the world. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, it, Brando had been on stage before. Mm-hmm. He may have even made movies before. But, but it was Car, his breakout his, role. Yeah, it was his breakout role. And Brando recognized that Kazan could bring out of him things that mm. no other director could. Mm. And although he said... Uh, there's uh, some correspondence. Uh, Brando writing to friends saying after Kazan names names, he says I'll never work with him again. Well, maybe I would, <laughs> and if he asked me, maybe I should because he's been very important <laughs> to my career right. and he does very good things. For <laughs> oh, my I work. do
1: kind of good stuff when I'm with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's
0: funny. Um, But in On um, the Waterfront, Brando uh very famously plays uh, Terry Malloy who, uh, and, and it's the story of uh, dock workers and the union, mm. and, and Terry Malloy ends up uh, uh, testifying against his union bosses who have uh, really ruined his friend's lives, mm-hmm. killed his brother. Uh, right. And yes. it was really, um, it was in many ways a metaphor for uh, Kazan and Bud Schulberg, who wrote it, who also named names, sort of explaining why they did what they did. Mm. Um, very powerful film. Although Hirschfeld did not draw it when it originally came out, he would later draw it in the '70s for this IBM's the, movie I, to remember series. Right,
1: right, and that was just a bunch of movies. Were they being played on television, or I, what do? Because it's <laughs> a, it's a, their ads in the Times, and it's all these old, 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 old movies.
0: Yes, IBM uh, did a, presented a series of film on television, and, TV. Okay. Uh, and it was a big deal. This was the just the beginning of the age of the VCR. Right. And really? Did, oh, yeah.
1: There were VCRs in
0: 1973?
1: 1977.
0: Oh, okay. It's the very yeah. beginning.
1: Yeah, that must be, that's like the really fancy houses. Yes. At, at VCRs.
0: And uh, IBM presents the movies with only one advertisement. Oh, You know, this was before TCM yeah, or yeah. any cable channel showed movies right, right. without advertisements, mm. because we all had to suffer through multiple advertisements right. to see any movie. But if you never saw it, you know, if it was that an older film. That kind of kills it. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. Know, it's, uh, and the killer is, oh, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so, this so was, they were,
1: that's what I figured.
0: Uh, and and so Hirschfeld actually got a chance to redraw some mm-hmm. of the films that mm-hmm. he had drawn originally. Yep. Most famously, uh, Singing in the Rain, oh, uh, yeah. which originally uh, Hirschfeld drew for MGM when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's a very busy drawing with Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds yeah. and Donald O'Connor. It's a Connor. nice
1: drawing, but it is very busy. It's
0: very busy. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. showgirls there.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and when
0: he draws it for IBM in the 70s, mm-hmm. It's just Gene Kelly and an umbrella. Yeah, it says it's everything classic. you need to say. Yep. Uh, so, um, uh, he would draw other uh, Kazan films, uh, and, and Kazan and Kazan for films. He really he doesn't stop doing things on Broadway, but he mm-hmm. really gives his focus uh to it. uh yeah 1955 he directs i know one of your favorite films this is
1: one of my favorite films east of eden
0: east of eden yes uh, it is. john steinbeck's uh, east of eden yep uh which introduces james dean right uh to james dean's
1: first uh real movie role um he would only have three because he would die jeez i don't know just a few months later yeah, um, he would die. He he. So he used to be in Rebel Without a Cause, and of course, one of my other favorites, Giant.
0: Okay, right. Um, but
1: he would die. Uh, I think two weeks after he, or maybe it was the day after he finished filming Giant. Um, but James Dean was a method actor, right? I think he studied with Lee Strasberg, or maybe it was Stella Adler, wherever Eartha Kitt was. That's where James Dean was. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, what were we? Oh, and I was saying earlier, I can't believe Hirschfeld didn't draw East of Eden. Because it has so many great Hirschfeld people in it, such as Raymond Massey. Oh yeah. Julie Harris,
0: oh, who yeah. has a
1: ton of drawings. Of course. I don't even remember how many Julie Harris has. It's 25, a lot. Twenty
0: five, twenty six. It's.
1: I think it's like forty something.
0: We'll have to check.
1: Okay. we'll we'll, we'll check it. Um, Joe Van Fleet, who is actually in Camino Real, right? I just looked it up. Um, Lois Smith. Who's later in uh, Grapes of Wrath. Oh, On yes. uh, Broadway. Great actress. Um, I feel like there was someone else I said. I was like, I can't believe. Burl Ives. Burl Ives. I don't know. And uh, Paul Osborne did the screenplay, and he was a friend of Hirschfeld's. Oh, yeah. They right? were great friends. It was like, it's like the perfect, and Ilya Kazan directed it, it, was the perfect mix of everybody, but it was a Warner Brothers film. Right, and he wasn't doing a lot of work for Warner Brothers, so it does make sense at that time. Right, right.
0: You know, although he had gotten his first caricatures for Warner Brothers, oh, uh,
1: that's true. Look uh, at that.
0: But okay. in the mid fifties, he was working for MGM. Mm-hmm. He was working for United Artists. Uh, right, right, and, and yeah, that's true. whether it was the art director who said, "Would love to have Hirschfeld, but yeah. you know, it'll look like an MGM film, or mm.
1: mm-hmm. you know, people will
0: think," of... because in the nineteen fifties, people still saw Hirschfeld. Much more as an MGM artist. As a
1: musicals, um, like the MGM musicals.
0: Oh, sure. Like there's, fun there's...
1: and not dramatic. Because the United Artists film drawings are where he really starts getting dramatic with the movies. Is that correct? Sure. Is that fair to say? Because I think of Defiant Ones.
0: Sure, but that well, that's was 57. 59.
1: Oh, it's 59? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was 57. I, uh, someone told me, my brother told me the other day, he was like, oh, the podcast is so funny. Catherine always corrects David, and then it ends up that she's wrong. So from now on, <laughs> if David says a, <laughs> if David That's says a, a year, I'm going to say, yes, David, you are correct. <laughs> 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 but anyway.
0: <laughs> well, yes, he does more, uh, he does a lot of the message pictures for another right. artists and whereas at MGM, he did comedies and Oh, musicals. we
1: were both wrong. Defiant Ones is 58
0: There it is. So there we go. Split the baby. Okay, (laughs) fine. (laughs) All right. No, I think there's a lot of reasons. Uh, Mm -hmm. Probably, even if a Warner Brothers art director thought that, wow, I'd love to use Hirschfeld, he may have thought that it wasn't the appropriate film for Hirschfeld. Right, right. And we see these people as uh, Hirschfeld people, but let's face it, at that time...
1: And they were doing a lot of stuff that never... Was drawn by Hirschfeld, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Clearly. Julie
0: Harris had been drawn maybe two or three times, right? Because she was little
1: in this picture. Yeah, yeah she's very little. Yeah, you
0: know. he had just drawn her in *Member of the Wedding*,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: she plays literally right, a little girl. A little girl. So, but I know that
1: she was. She worked with Kazan a lot.
0: Oh yeah, Julie Harris. Yeah, and oh yeah. I think
1: a lot of those people did. But anyway, we won't talk well, about East of Eden anymore. There's one. <laughs> there's one drawing of James Dean. And it's like in a group. It's like a movie's. It's. Uh,
0: it's not the movie's it was, drawing. It, no, it was made into a print called uh, "There's No Business Like Show yeah. Business." Yeah,
1: and he's got a little cowboy hat, so it's his giant. Yes, it's a giant days, but.
0: That's yeah. <clears throat> that's the only drawing of of, of James, James Dean.
1: Dean. Yeah.
0: Um, I would be remiss to say that you know Kazan had special relationships with uh, a number of playwrights. Mm-hmm. There was Clifford Odets, and obviously Arthur Miller. And while we've talked about *Streetcar Named Desire*. It, it, we haven't really emphasized what a unique relationship mm. that uh, Kazan had with Tennessee Williams. Um, right. He really helped sort of midwife some of the uh, many of the great Tennessee Williams productions. He directed many of them. Uh, Streetcar, he had directed. He directed uh, um, Camino Real. Yep. He directed uh, The Rose Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something about it, although they were very un- unlikely. Uh, friends or mm-hmm. collaborators because Kazan was a, a, a Greek immigrant. Uh, he loved women, had a number of affairs. Oh, I did uh, was, was kind of a tough guy, you mm. know? Uh, and uh, De- Tennyson Williams was none of those things. Mm. Uh, yet, they felt that they had this sort of mysterious bond. And uh, Kazan thought it's because they were both freaks. Mm. Uh, but Tennessee Williams well, realized
1: opposites that attract
0: opposites perhaps do attract <laughs> they had no type of I mean this was no intimate relationship no no
1: no, you know, no. but
0: uh, uh Kazan essentially rewrites Cat on a Hot Tin Roof changes mm. the focus and and the third act uh which which Tennessee Williams would later try to put back in and it right. would not be as effective mm. uh Hirschfeld did not draw the original production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof uh Again, for no reason that no we know excuse. of, no uh, excuse. but he did draw Burl Ives as Big Daddy in a drawing, I think, oh, for yeah. Colliers. Uh, no, yeah, reasons maybe. for rejoicing in yeah. the uh, in the theater, <laughs> and uh, so Burl Ives is in that. Um, uh, but so Tennessee Williams and and because Kaz- and Kazan would have a long, long relationship. Yeah, uh, and uh, we we see that because when. Hirschfeld does, the only play that Hirschfeld ever illustrated was Streetcar Named Desire. Mm-hmm. And when he did it, he did not think about the original production. Hirschfeld liked to work from life. He liked to see the actors moving. And in 1982, if you wanted to see that, uh, you got a videotape. Mm. And you got a videotape, <laughs> videotape of the uh, film version that Kazan had directed.
1: Right, of uh, Starring yeah.
0: Vivian Lee and Marlon Brando. And the drawings for that book are very clearly based on the film. Right. And uh, you should definitely look up those drawings because they're wonderful. They're
1: very nice. Yeah. And it's a very, very nice book.
0: A very nice book. <laughs> uh, just uh, earlier this week, Catherine and I gave a new presentation uh, over at the New School, actually, for Parsons. Uh, ben Catcher has this wonderful um comic and picture book symposium that meets every mm-hmm. week and they bring in different people and they asked us to come in and we didn't want to give our usual Hirschfeld century talk we which
1: did. we loved a great talk the Hirschfeld century talk
0: if she say so herself it,
1: if I don't say so if I do say so myself it's wonderful but we did de- you de- we developed this um, book where we book talk where we focus on Hirschfeld's book illustrations and his writings and books as well
0: right. Uh, Hirschfeld by the Book, yep. uh, that covered uh, from his very first book cover.
1: Breaking in... into the Movies, 1928.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which and... is
1: really old, if you think about it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's old. That's a very old book for him to be uh, well, he was.
0: Well, but he was a very young man. He was 25 yeah, years old. Yeah, I know. Um, and it goes all and the way And look what up. I've
1: done. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a uh, podcast. And it, and, but it,
0: it, we, we, we talked about the various books that he yeah. uh, wrote. Uh, various collections of his work, books that he illustrated. Collaborations
1: like with S.J. Perlman. And, and Brooks yeah. Atkinson. Yeah.
0: Uh, with Ralph Schoenstein in My Year in the White House oh, yeah. Doghouse. <laughs> you know, so there's some crazy books. But also Vicious Circle, the yep. book, uh, you know, Margaret Algonquin. Case Harriman's book of the Algonquin Roundtable, mm-hmm. where he did some really classic portraits. Yep. Uh Fred Allen's books. Yeah, classic. Uh, Garson Kanan's book, Do Re Mi.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, very forgotten John Mason Brown books, a custom as I am. Forgotten. <laughs> Are they really? Cuz you know what? I even looked on eBay for an a custom as I am and I couldn't find one. <laughs> That's how obscure this book is. Um but it was a lot of fun. And one of the books we talked about obviously was the only play he's ever illustrated, which is Streetcar.
0: Streetcar. Yeah. Yes. No. So uh, it's funny how all these things sort of melt together. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just sort of wrap up Ilya Kazan. He had done several portraits of Kazan mm-hmm. uh, through the years, uh, just literally separate portraits yeah. of Kazan.
1: And before we get started, it's so funny because this happens so often with me, most notably with Jack Lemmon, but I had never seen a photo of Ilya Kazan. When would I have ever seen a photo of him? I guess from East of Eden, but I never looked one up. And so whenever I see these wonderful Hirschfeld portraits of him, he looks so short. And I just assume that like, oh, maybe, you know, he's this cute little like man. He's like five foot four, five foot five. But he's not. He's normal size. (laughs) What What are you saying? (laughs) Well, he just looks he looks like he is a short person in these drawings for whatever reason. But I did finally look up an actual photo of him and it does look like him, but I, it was a East of Eden photo next to James Dean and he's like normal size. He's like 5'11". And <laughs> this happens so often with me where I look at people, I finally look up their photos and I'm like, oh, that does look like, that does look just like Ilya Kazan, <laughs> meaning it looks like the Hirschfeld drawing. So I always, so between Sam Jaffe and Ilya Kazan looking short, my... My image of him is very
0: skewed, right?
1: So let's get into the portraits of Kazan.
0: Well, there's, uh, besides the cast drawings, there's a drawing that he does of Kazan uh, around the time he's directing East of Eden. Right.
1: It it was a Collier's. Yes. Is a Collier's column on the shoot on the filming of East of Eden.
0: Right. Um, But the really the 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 great portrait is in 1959. He does a portrait of Kazan on the set of J.B., uh, which was an archive. of all the McLeish uh, play mm-hmm. that starred Raymond Massey. Yeah, oh, there you Christopher go. Christopher Plummer at that. and Pat Engel. Yep.
1: And there's a great Hirschfeld of that.
0: Great Hirschfeld, wonderful set by Boris Aronson. Mm-hmm. Hirschfeld thought it was a wonderful set. <laughs> and when he draws Kazan, it's on the set of JB, and this drawing appeared On the cover of Theater Arts Magazine, right, and is now in the collection of Princeton University.
1: Yep, and it was we brought it for the Hirschfeld Century Exhibition. Yes, at the New York Historical Society. And then
0: beneath it, we put in an iPad where you could uh, swipe through twenty different productions that Kazan Kazan. had either directed or appeared in. Yeah, and so that was a great opportunity. We we could do a whole show just like
1: that. Yeah, that was really that was the coolest part of the exhibition.
0: The last, uh, the last drawing he did of Kazan is actually for Show Magazine in one of his famous feuds. Oh, right. He was feuding at that time with Lee Strasberg, uh, uh, about Lincoln Center, uh, yeah, the repertory company of uh, Lincoln Center.
1: Right. Um,
0: so it's a, it's a fun drawing. Kazan is on the couch and Lee Strausberg is his, uh, his therapist. therapist. The last stage play that uh, Hirschfeld draws of a Kazan production uh, is Marco Millions mm. that he did for Lincoln Center, the repertory company of Lincoln Center, although Lincoln Center itself had not been built yet. Right. Uh, and then the last And film, what year was that? That was 1964. Oh, wow. Lincoln Center would, uh, 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 would open up in 1966. Oh, wow. Yeah, complicated story of the Repertory Company of Lincoln Center Theater. Mm. The last film of Kazans that Hirschfeld would draw was the arrangement in nineteen sixty nine. A film that he wrote and directed and mm-hmm. starred Faye Dunaway and Kirk Douglas.
1: Yeah, it's a great drawing. Right. We got a. I got a nasty comment from someone when I posted that on the Facebook page.
0: What was the What was the comment?
1: Did Kirk Douglas beat his wife or something?
0: Not to my knowledge, they're oh. they're still married.
1: She was mad about Kirk Douglas. I'll have to Google it. I'll have to look up the post. But some lady was mad that we had posted a Kirk Douglas caricature.
0: Listen, we'll take all your comments. <laughs> we won't remember them, obviously, but we'll take all Oh, them. I
1: remember all the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone says something bad, I'm, I'm on them. Anyway, but it is a very nice drawing. Is that a UA film?
0: No, not just, no that was drawn oh. from the New York Times.
1: Oh, because uh, it looks, doesn't it look like, well, it reminds me of, um. You know the one I'm talking about.
0: I wish I did with
1: Patty Duke, the Helen. Oh, Helen and the miracle worker. Yeah, because their hair, their hair is both kind of—it's very active.
0: Well, they're and he's and they're shaking both her. like
1: strangling people. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Patty Duke was not strangled oh, by well. uh, uh, <laughs> Ann Bancroft in the Miracle Worker. She's the Miracle her.
1: Worker. That's what it's called. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, Thank you. That's why I said it.
1: (laughs) Oh, you said the miracle worker? Twice. I was definitely listening.
0: Okay. (laughs) Another day at the office. (laughs) Anyway, so you can always send us your comments.
1: Oh, we'd love uh, advice. We would love to hear your um, comments.
0: uh, Ideas for uh, podcasts. Yes. Or things on our website or exhibition ideas. You can send that to info at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. Of course, that's our website, yep. where You can, you can look, look up
1: every all the drawings we've talked about and more.
0: <laughs> yeah, there'll be links, obviously, in the show notes yep. um, to all the drawings that we have discussed. Uh, but uh, going to the website, you will learn. Um, we do spotlights on uh, different drawings. Um, there's news on there. You can look up any show by year, by subject matter, by performer, by production, by publication. Yep. Um, It's really a a lot of great things. And now until October uh, 18th, you can go to a Hirschfeld pop-up gallery in Manchester, Vermont. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take home a piece of Hirschfeld art if you want to. um, Or just come in there with your kids or your... Grandparents, I don't care. Uh, you can look for Ninas. We have a, a easy, medium, and hard section. Yeah, it's very uh, cute. Weird. Where
1: you get we? It's printouts of Herschel drawings. Excuse me, and um, you have to circle the Ninas. Right, and it's, so it's a lot of fun.
0: So there's T-shirts. And, and I
1: tested out each of the drawings before, and I could find all the Ninas. So.
0: <laughs> you are such <laughs> a person. They had to pass person. the test. Um, I had
1: to uh, uh, nick some ideas because I couldn't find all the Ninas. <laughs>
0: If you want to find our podcast on our website, uh, uh, alhershfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts. That's an
1: S, and S is for Strasbourg. (laughs) Look at that.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can read uh, uh, some of these stories and many more in The Hirschfeld Century, A Portrait of an Artist and His Age, uh, published by Knopf in 2015. And you can look us up on Facebook.
1: The Al Hirschfeld Foundation, and Twitter, we're at Al Hirschfeld, and Instagram, we're at Al Hirschfeld as well.
0: And we try to post something every day, usually some yeah. highlight in history or drawing published on this date in history. There are a
1: lot of drawings today. How um, many? Fourteen. Fourteen. I went for a Vernal Vernal Bagnarius, oh. and, and furthermo.
0: I love that drawing. But there was
1: another one I really liked, Um, I can't remember what it was now, but... I considered it. But oh, no,
0: that that's it. No, you picked the right one. That's so, a great one.
1: My job is so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we actually do do work, and we do a lot of it here. Trust me. In any event, thank right. you very much for listening. Tell your friends. Yeah. And just as importantly, write a review uh, Oh, yeah, on I iTunes. love
1: reading the reviews. It's my favorite thing.
0: But more importantly than pleasing, Catherine, is uh, it lets other people know about it. That's how it gets, you know, uh, related uh, podcasts. So um, if you think this is something worth listening to, you can rate us. You can review us on iTunes. And it really does. It's a big help. So we appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you when we do.
1: All right. Bye.